0: I never had a limo. I think I uh, I impressed all my dates with my dad's Dodge
1: Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. What was the
0: name of that thing? Mankiller. Mankiller.
1: <laughs> yeah, well this is your chance, man. Halloween night. Limo it up.
2: Yeah. Go go trick or treating in a in a limousine.
1: Somebody <laughs> said on, on Twitter the other day Oh that was so funny. That if a fucking limo pulls up to your house on Halloween and a kid gets out, what would you fucking do? Would you give that kid candy? You'd you know like, what? Just be like, "Fuck you, kid! Get out of here!" You know, I would whatever, give him all the whatever. With the kids, the you know, somebody somebody said the other
2: day on Twitter that uh, there's really no reason to limit trick or treating to just like little kids. Like teenagers should be able to do it. Fucking adults should be able to do it. Like if there somebody comes, adult version of yeah, trick or treating. If somebody comes to my door dressed in a costume says "trick or treat." Like if they're an adult, I might offer them a beer or something. But you know, whatever. It's like cool community building. I'm into it. People should, do in we my neighborhood. Bring
1: that That's back. great. It's a utopia out here.
0: Do you know why trick or treating started? Did you guys ever look into that? G- ghosts. no. no. It no, literally started it. in like the Cast 1930s, and it was because kids were literally burning down houses and shit. And <laughs> this was this was people's way of saying, "Please don't burn our house down." That's where the idea of trick or treat comes from.
1: We Dude, will give you like, basically candy stay or, alive.
2: <laughs> or, but yeah, at that point, they, it probably wasn't like prepackaged candy. They were giving yeah, them like
1: right. sandwiches it was the 30s, like, the and like whatever leftovers yeah.
2: they had in the fridge. It
1: was. It was the purge <laughs>
3: <laughs> in the 30s. Well, the Halloween's always been, like, a real...
1: They should. They should make, like, now that they did ha- Purge, Halloween. like, into the future, they should go <laughs> back into the past and be like, the first Purge, how about the real first Purge? <laughs> purge 30s. Those little That's kids
0: football? wearing those uh, uh, Jughead hats from...
1: <laughs> from the OG
4: comics? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my very good friend in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, are you feeling spooky?
1: Happy Spooktober!
2: Happy Spooktober! This is the the first of our Spooktober That's what they episodes. Say. We're gonna we are gonna we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna follow up with a bunch more spooky stuff. But tonight, joining us for our first. Halloween themed episode are our very good friend, often co-host Nick Glassman Nick, are you feeling spooky? I'm
3: just straight terrified at this point of everything. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, we're
2: we're going to talk about some uh, actual we are news. Life a
3: real life horror movie right now. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're we're going to talk about some actual news, which may spook people out more than what we have planned for the theme. But we're glad to have you with us. And joining. The Liquid Flannel crew for the first time, which is kind of surprising, actually, um, given that we've all known him for years, in some cases, decades. Andrew Cumbie. Andrew Cumbie, thank you for joining us on the show. Hi, longtime listener, first time guy that's uh, at this house. Yeah. <laughs> first, You've been to the house before. First oh, wait. time. That yeah. isn't- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> related. First time, fourth chair on the show, though.
1: That's true. Yes. Even though you yeah. podcasted before any of us did,
0: I used to podcast.
2: It was a failed experiment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so. We just didn't stop doing it.
2: What went wrong? You you have an eminently broadcastable let's just say, voice.
0: Yeah, let's just say co-host.
2: Okay.
4: <laughs>
0: well, cool. There no. were some. There were some oddities that were uncovered throughout the time of the podcasting.
2: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is this its own Halloween story?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Oh, man. Not as Not scary yet. as what's going on right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a very long story. All right. Well, uh, I think we should jump right in since we, we just recorded like 25 minutes worth of pre-show audio. I, I think we should talk about the thing that's horrifying everybody right now, which is the new IPCC report about climate change. Which basically says we're all going to die in, like, was it, like, just under 10 years or something?
1: Oh, it was was a little bit more than that. Yeah,
0: 2030, but they've been
1: advertising it as less. Well, it's funny because, you know, every time they come out with a report, they're like, hey, in the next, like, 200 years, Mm -hmm. the climate might be real bad. And then the next report, and they're like, did we say 200? We meant maybe, like, 100. And then they were like... Maybe in, like, 80, 50, 40, like, you're screwed already, basically, yep. is, is what they're They've saying. They've known yeah. it for a
3: long time. They're just trying to, like, prolong the ine- in- inevitable at this
2: point. Well, what's shocking about it is that, you know, like, all of the, basically, all of the uh, national security apparatus of the country and all of the fossil fuel industry have known about this shit since, like, the 80s. They've been taking it seriously ever since then. Definitely. Uh, just like Philip Morris in the 60s. Right. Like, I mean,
0: but uh, so it, they invented it's, vaping. It's 2030 is the, the point of no return is basically the first chance that uh or the first time that we get to areas where we're never going to be able to rebuild. And they are trying to encourage people to fix this now. Right. Wait,
1: But what's Elon Musk's moon base timeline? <laughs> Boom. Exactly. Solved, we're going to yeah. have
0: another planet.
4: That's yeah. what everybody
1: thinks. <laughs>
2: Well, if you want to – I mean, the the thing that really scares me about this is, uh, of course, us living on an uninhabitable boiling dust ball is terrifying enough. But I think that what's going on right now in current politics has a lot more to do with climate change than most people are aware of. I believe that most of what's going on with, like, anti-immigrant, anti-refugee, oh, yeah. build a wall, all of this has to do not with – the actual immigration or migration that is at an all-time low it's the security apparatus putting into place mechanisms that they're going to use once the sea level starts to rise and all of a sudden like most of central america is uninhabitable and you have millions and millions of refugees all trying to come across the border at the same time
3: that's a nice lovely thought to have
2: well it is so Spooktober. Man, I
0: just can't give
2: like the Trump administration that much credit, even though. Like, <laughs> oh no, I don't think it's them. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's genuinely the deep state. I mean, the like the the CIA yeah. has been hiring like yeah. climate yeah. change, uh, 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 whatever you call them, like experts. Uh, Whatever you are in scientists, the CIA. I think they're not, called it's scientists. Not, no, 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 not not scientists, but like policy analysts and you right. know, the people who are actually writing the white papers that make make their way up through like DHS and stuff. Like the CIA has known about this shit also since like the seventies or the eighties. For sure.
1: Right. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily like an intentional thing, but you know there are people who have who have thought about that, right? And just said, like, hey, well, you know, maybe that too. Uh, You know, we'll see what happens. Well, we're going to hedge our bets here. Right. You know, that's maybe not why they're doing it, but it's a nice side benefit for sure. Um, They're always, you know, mapping out those long term strategies. But I I think the craziest thing to me is just the fact that even as this news gets more and more dire, the science gets more and more solid. You got Trump running, saying that it's a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese, Mm -hmm. where even Republicans are like, oh, that guy's crazy. And yet, it's not even an issue worthy of discussion by anybody that the entire Republican Party is just climate change denialists. The Democrats don't even fight on that. They just gave right. up. They just said like, ah, I guess you're right. You you won. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, because the Democrats have,
2: have done their little uh, like mini max charts of what that actually gets you in an election and have decided that. Even if this is important, and I think that most, most of the Democratic politicians believe that climate change is real, they just don't think that it's going to help them keep power uh, for yeah, all the good that yeah. them having power ever gets them.
3: Even just watching local Republican ads, there's a lot of them that blame the EPA, and they're like, how dare the EPA try and— Make these regulations. Uh, the job killing EP. The job. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. So, so to move hmm. on to another major piece of news that happened this last week, we did confirm Brett Kavanaugh, who was incredibly business-friendly, anti-state regulation. Uh, He's
3: beats basically Patrick Bateman.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that I'm sure that having him on the Supreme Court is going to bode well for any kind of state regulations to try to curb climate change. These things are related,
1: right? Like when those those uh, kids who were like trying to sue. ...to the government for, like, not doing anything on climate change, even though they have the data that shows that they should be doing stuff on climate change. Yeah,
2: right. It's, it's uh, going to get
1: up to the Supreme Court, and Brett Kavanaugh is literally going to, like, pee in their faces. Yeah,
2: that's the uh, the public trust doctrine. Our friend Alexis, who was on uh, the show last week, uh, actually worked on that case for a little while and has worked with people who are, are still trying to pursue it. Uh, but, yeah, we have a, a conservative majority... Uh, Supreme Court at this point, and there's no way that that is ever going to hold water once it finally gets up to the Supreme Court.
0: It's so infuriating and demoralizing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because even even as an individual, you really can't do anything to fight this. Like, you need policy change, and it's not going to happen. Well,
1: it's. I think it's just the perfect example of the fact that humanity... Has never been able to do any long-term planning or anything. Oh yeah. Even well, if you it think requires about it. the most mediocre modicum of sacrifice, it's too much. Well, it's, because it's, because an, we it's not a sacrifice.
2: It's in. It's not a it's sacrifice exalt- on the part the of the foresight. people. Exactly. It's not a it's, sacrifice uh, on the part of the people. It's the a sacrifice on the part right. of the corporations and the handful of billionaires who literally just purchased the Supreme Court. And who own all of Congress already and have for decades? That's that's who's actually going to be put out by this, you know. Like if people yep. can do as much uh, recycling or changing out their light bulbs uh, with compact fluorescent bulbs as they want, but when it, you know when the the uh, like seventy percent of climate change is driven by something like one hundred corporations. Yeah, <laughs> I mean
0: it's like. I uh, (laughs) I ride my bike more often, but it's so like it's so stupid. Like, (laughs) look at me, I'm riding my bike. I'm making a difference.
2: (laughs) Like, I know that I'm not. You know, well, I'm sure that you you are. You're You're just covered in
1: sweat. You're just (laughs) the thing is,
2: you you genuinely are, but that isn't scalable to eight billion people. And most people just
0: don't understand or don't care or whatever
2: well most people are living in fucking right. economic tragedy right now and they're just buying the cheapest light bulbs that can keep the lights on in their homes you know right. it's the well, and
1: that's why Look, go ahead.
2: it's the individualization of environmental responsibility down to uh, the people who are least able to bear the expense um, and that's, that's just talking about like Americans to say nothing of like the developing world. They just want oh, yeah. there to be electricity in their house, like at all. Right.
1: Right. And that's why the, this is a problem that really can only have like a government esque solution because even if, you know, 90% of Americans woke up tomorrow and said like, I'm going to do everything I can, you know, to, to be eco-friendly it really wouldn't right. matter because I'm, that's not going to have the necessary scale of impact that it needs to.
0: Yeah. I'm just at the point now where I'm like incredulous that people still are trying to say that it's not a real thing. When you see like uh, Miami has full-time pumps pumping water <laughs> back out into the ocean, right. like because they're afraid that the buildings are going to come down. Um, uh, they're afraid that, uh, Phoenix is going to be uninhabitable in 10 years because it's already 10 degrees hotter than it's been in a few uh, decades. Yeah, it's like and there's no right water now. going there.
3: To yeah. add on to that point, too, every year since like, nine, since like the 50s, it's always been a record year for summers or and it's always going right. to Every long. year
1: that you look at the temperature, and they're like the average temperature, I mean, highest ever, exactly. highest ever, highest. And people are like, "Well, it just goes in trend. You know, it's just cycle, just natural cycles." We li-
0: we live in Nebraska, which is maybe the least affected state, <laughs> and yet we're still complaining about how long summer is, how much hotter it
1: is than when we were kids. Um, right? They did a, a, a long fucking tornadoes in New York. Yeah. God, they did a longitudinal yeah. ecological study that looked back, and it showed that. Basically, the the temperature cycles that are more common to, like, the arid southwest and, like, even, like, the southwest of Colorado are basically just creeping their way across yeah. the plains. And it's becoming more desert-like and more arid, as, it's, and it's spreading further and further. It's
0: absolutely scary. Do you remember when we were kids, uh, we were in Tornado Alley? Sure, which we're not anymore.
4: <laughs> right, it's, it's in, like Oklahoma It's gone in far, like south. South. It's really far south. It's really
0: far. So it's crazy. That's great That's that's uh, climate change that you can see. You know, and people still don't want to admit that. See, it's a that's thing.
1: what the Chinese hackers want you to
0: see. <laughs> exactly. And you're
1: just falling for the fake news out there. Those
0: weathermen don't know anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> I literally
2: heard that the other day. Oh, Brandon, I... to
1: them fancy
3: learning
0: business.
2: <laughs> Brendan, I think you're right that it it is it is going to require uh, a giant governmental effort to actually address this thing. So Mm -hmm. I was really pleased uh, this past week to find out that the city of Houston, which remember got rocked by a historic (laughs) hurricane just like a year and a half ago, it did. Uh yeah, uh no um you your JJ the, talking seem, about it? The, the the people who survived it seem to be doing okay now, but the city of Houston uh did finally take some steps, uh some legislative steps that I think are very important, uh, which was that they outlawed robot brothels.
1: <laughs> well, that is a safety hazard in a flood prone area, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. You oh, don't want man. to get electrocuted while you're fucking Dude, a robot. Can, can
2: you imagine if you had your dick in a robot and all of a sudden the water comes in? Like that would yeah. be terrible.
1: That is unsafe. Although you would think that maybe for reasons the the robots might have waterproofing. I don't know. There's no
3: foresight into that. Just,
1: <laughs> I just yeah, really
3: don't understand this law.
1: <laughs> it's basically the same law that they use. This is. I mean, we're talking about of strip clubs or any other thing that they don't like, or like they do it with like weed dispensaries too, where they sure. make these laws and say like. Hey, no weed dispensaries within 500 feet of a church. And also, there's a church every 500 feet because they're in like strip malls now. So,
0: just so crazy. You think about all the things that are literally affecting us right now. And this is something that's maybe five or 10, 15 years away. Like, no, there was no brothel, robot brothel threatening to move into (laughs) Houston. Right. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and why do you want to regulate that anyway? Yeah, like, right. Like, if somebody wants to go to a robot brothel, let them. Fuck them.
2: Yeah. It, it <laughs> <laughs> they will.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah it, it is definitely the most baffling headline that I have seen this week. It really doesn't
2: seem like a thing that's going to hurt anybody. Um, the uh, Like, the incel community is really concerned about this law because they see it as cracking oh down on God. their... their their civic freedoms to, I I don't know what, like have sex with a robot. It, it, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, uh, you know, I think, are we all agreed?
0: Actually, I'm for anything that hurts incels. <laughs> yeah. you just flipped your <laughs> position on this one?
1: <laughs> like, even though, you know, I, I, I can understand the desire. Like if, if I went to like, if there was like an issue in my city where they were like, Hey, Robot brothels, like everywhere, I'd be like, oh, you know, maybe like <laughs> maybe we should have some rules about where them, where the robot brothels should be or whatever. But to just outright ban them, I, I think is too far, you know, <laughs> just have a robot brothel district. Well, it's know, also just it's a special uh, zoning it's, area. It's so it's so
2: amazing <laughs> to me that this city that is going to be dealing with massive changes to the way the city works uh, due to the issues that we've just discussed this is what they're spending their time on this thing that like, like you said, Cumby is it's, it's like 10 or 15 years down the road and they've got to get out ahead of it or something because yeah. of church or whatever. Um, instead of looking at the thing that is actually threatening the city right now. And they're not going to do yeah. anything.
0: Meanwhile, they're city uh, on the, Cusp of bankruptcy, and they've got housing
2: crises, and oh yeah, absolutely. And every single time the the city floods, you end up with like radioactive chemical waste like washing into elementary schools because they don't they they literally don't do any zoning down there yeah. except for yep.
1: except for robot brothels. Yeah, they have, the they have exception. zoned
2: robot brothels away from places, but they will put like a giant lagoon of pig shit next to uh, like an old folks' home. They're delusional. They're dependent on JJ
0: Watt to <laughs> fix every problem in the city. JJ. Um, yeah, what's his
3: position on the robot he's brothel? Like, this he's could like be a use of the economy right there. <laughs> but
1: yeah, I think all that they're doing is they're just creating uh, a new industry of like Uber ro- robot brothel edition where they, do, they just drive the robot over to your house. <laughs> 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 like,
2: uh, the, the, oh you know, God. problem solved. There we go, dude. Right. Yeah, uh, we business should... plan number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody take that. We have copyrighted that idea. We <laughs> we'll, we'll be getting that. in on that as the uh, as the entire world and economy like completely melt down. We will make whatever money is is to be made by driving around <laughs> robot prostitutes. <laughs>
3: Hell yes. How do you so explain job the future. to somebody what your job is? Like, you know, I just I drive around sex
1: robots. <laughs> like, do you say, like, I make deliveries? I like, make deliveries, yeah. <laughs> what would be better, if the sex robots were deactivated when you had to drive around, or if they were activated? What's the worst? I would hope you'd be friends with them. <laughs> Just <laughs> be like hard another hard day at the office, Mabel. Yeah, this yeah. is this oh, is yes, this sir. is literally yes. How, today is the worst. <laughs>
2: this is literally how Westworld got started. <laughs> all right, we're gonna Season take three. a break there. Uh, I think all of what we said was terrifying enough to start off our Spooktober, but there was a reason that we brought on both Glass and Andrew Comby.
5: Uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back to it once upon a midnight dreary. I was pondering that rather faded cliche, the devil made me do it. How that tired old phrase has been used in infinite variations to explain some cruel and irrational and benign human beings. The fear of possession by some brutal and savage demon lurks there in the shadowed cavern of our minds. Along with other dreads, fear of the dark, fear of solitude, fear of death. I imagine they all fit within that greatest of all fears, the fear of the unknown. But then I think that in these modern times there is so little left of the unknown. Is not the dark merely absence of light, solitude, nothing more than sanctuary away from a crowded world, and death? Well, it is inevitable, yet there there be few among us who have not led it a merry chase. But what of demonic possession? Can it not be understood through the science of psychology? Ah, but my musings continue. For if such things can be so easily explained away by enlightened folks such as you and I, what is it that we still fear about them? Hmm.
2: All right. We talked about some very spooky, some very scary... Uh, national news, a little bit of local news, but the real reason that we asked the the reason that we put off this episode until this Monday in order to make sure that both Glass and Andrew Cumbie could be with us is because they are experts at horror cinema. We now, really
3: need our other friend Penix too. I've
2: got yeah, I've got a I've got a little um like theremin like creepy. Uh, sound effect to to play right there. Maybe we need like a thunder crash or something. <laughs> the uh, the old school thunder. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, the the, the the thing from outer space or whatever. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think to kick off our Spooktober special episodes, um, we should talk about some horror cinema because that's how a lot of people ingest their their terror. Through this month, this month of, of ghouls and ghasts and, and everything. So, um, yeah, my my original idea was just to kind of start us off with I've been kind of getting caught up on my gritty, like grimdark uh, reboots of classic horror cinema. Uh, the one that I watched the other day was the the new Nightmare on Elm Street.
3: Oh my! God. Oh
0: my fucking! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like, that movie like the so 2016 fucking, one or whatever. No, yeah, 2010. Like that's one of my five worst movies of all time, any genre. With uh, with
2: Jackie Earl Haley, which I
3: I thought he was amazing.
0: I thought he's Jackie fine.
2: Earl Haley did did fine as Freddy Krueger, but he's
1: great. It's yeah, just man, that movie, movie is. He's in, is bad. Is there like a Johnny Depp cameo in that?
0: No. Um. It was uh, so that movie. That movie sucks ass. But it was um. It was, like, a remix of the original story.
3: Um, yeah, they kind of go off, like, there's... You you get the sense there's, like, there's three main characters you're going to follow, but they keep killing off the person immediately, like, as soon as you think it's them.
0: Right. Literally, the the whole premise of the movie is... What if Freddy didn't necessarily rape the kids?
2: <laughs> Which I mean, he totally did. Yeah, so they like, build this cares? like they build this really weird mystery story into it whereas in the in the original it was all about this guy is killing a whole bunch of people who are like the children of the the family yeah. that killed this guy. I
3: mean, they give them they give them enough of a backstory where it makes sense they right. don't
2: have to go any further. And in the reboot, they do try to build in that uh, like they're trying to solve the mystery also they're it doing goes, this like it mystery machine first, thing it goes back like to
3: 2000 2001 with the uh, remake horror of the japanese horror remakes like the ring and stuff like that right japanese horror has a lot of mystery elements to it then it's just, like it exploded from there
1: wait I so first- hold up are you saying that in this movie, Freddy is like wrongfully accused? Yes. And lashes out? Yeah. yeah. So he was God. like, he's like the original Brett Kavanaugh. Yes.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> he was like, well, I didn't murder those kids, but if you guys are going to accuse me of it, I guess I'm just going to start murdering kids now.
0: Except in that movie, he got his just due and they burned him alive.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, it Sometimes. turns out he actually Spoiler fucking alert. did that thing. They actually did destroy his life at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say being burned alive is being destroyed. <laughs> so there's a uh, there's the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but I've been watching some of these other ones to uh, the the 2004 Dawn of the Dead, which I love, even though it's very different from it's the original. Um, the it's fantastic. Uh, I, I haven't seen the Rob Zombie um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yet. So, no, um,
0: yeah. So the the way that it went Dawn of the Dead was probably the the first one that really started it, but uh That's the Snyder. The yeah, the Zack Snyder one. But probably then, his
2: best movie. I mean wanted- it, by by my estimates, that's Zack Snyder's best movie.
1: Have you seen yeah. the Owls that's of the That's not even Hool. his original <laughs> <one>. <laughs> What is this? it's called like the Guardians of Gahul or whatever?
2: I didn't think Sucker Punch was that bad. <laughs> I know, I'm alone. Uh, I know I mean, I'm alone. I didn't think Sucker Punch was terrible, I just think Dawn of the Dead is better. <laughs> no it's a great movie and then uh, um, and prettier. then there's also there's also uh the remake of the evil dead which i had you no, so i had inside so i've, the I've other got night. this chronologically okay so you okay them? yeah yeah <laughs> okay. all right yeah. all right yeah we you, you we Don't did bring you on it as, as a remake. cinematic so so
3: 2005
0: this is when the the craze really started that was the texas chainsaw massacre remake um not really a remake, though, and fans of Texas Chainsaw Massacre consider that to be more of like a sequel. The
3: timeline set is so in the
0: set in the original,
2: and it's good. Or it's like, a good movie, like fan fiction or mm-hmm. something like that. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, fan, it's, fan it's, fiction so, can be good. I mean, that, that. that yeah, I didn't mean yeah. that uh, as a pejorative. no, no, no.
0: Yeah. So they they set it in the 70s because Texas Chainsaw belongs in the 70s.
4: Yeah,
0: um, and that's why it worked. And then. Right after that, they were like, we got to make a remake of every fucking horror movie that's ever (laughs) been made. Every single one. There's
3: more bad than good. They
0: rushed them all to production, like... (laughs) Uh, and most of them are forgettable. They're terrible. The Amityville Horror is horrible. The Ryan Reynolds
1: Amityville Horror. Oh, it's yeah, so God. bad! Oh my God, so I didn't even know bad.
2: about that one.
1: It's just—it's the
3: original it's just, Amityville Horror is terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not
2: very good either. Yeah,
1: that should have been made in
0: the first Why place. Why remake a movie play? if you're not going to make a better version? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I do understand just the money. that, like you know, the um, people recognize the marquee and want to
3: go see you it. You know but... what I'm surprised hasn't been remade yet is Poltergeist. I feel like they didn't did it like shit.
1: two years ago? <laughs>
3: what I don't remember.
1: <laughs> oh Sam <shit>. Rockwell. <laughs> oh my
3: god.
0: No. Okay. Well that's good they that even goes did, to show like, you <laughs> how bad it is
3: because I forgot What's that that? Like, made <laughs> a remake of it. It's so mad cr-
0: Matt, it's so <laughs> crazy that remember. you open with Nightmare on Elm Street because that is by far the worst one of all of these. Why do you say the worst offender? Um because it doesn't add anything to the original movie yeah. at all. It's uh, it's the original movie cut up into pieces and reorganized, and um, the special effects um, are more interesting in the original movie
2: because they're practical. Right. They're, they're computer
0: generated in
2: the new one. Well, and, yeah, and I would just- I would add to that, Cumbie, that I think the remake actually takes away from the original in the sense that the the original has some really great it sequences. Does. Of like dream logic stuff, like if you yeah, were yeah. if you were asleep and dreaming, this is how the world operates. There's, there's a great yeah. sequence where uh, the main character I think is trying to run up the stairs, but her feet are sinking into the stairs. And like, who hasn't yeah. had that dream? You know, that's that's sure. such a it's such a common like movie, terrifying yeah. nightmare situation. And the remake didn't have any of that shit in it.
0: That's what's. Um- <clears throat> That's what's so amazing about the original series is their ability to replicate people's real dreams during that whole series. Is
2: is there a Nightmare on Elm Um, Street where somebody is, like, pulling all their teeth out, like all their teeth just happen to be falling out?
0: There is not a teeth one, and that is my most recurring dream, which is so
1: weird.
3: (laughs) Mine usually involves uh, uh, falling into a river Mm. before. but not just any river. That doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> not just any river. It's the Missouri River. Which, That's
0: better than I can't find my mm. teeth. <laughs>
3: yeah, but not be able to swim in it. And plus not knowing what you're swimming in. One of the, like the second most polluted uh, river in America. Well, they
2: what what they couldn't do was have that sequence that I think uh, like every uh, man between the ages of like 25 and 40 occasionally dreams, which is sucking his own dick, uh, which is like. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, just not, I you don't guys, think I've ever had that dream. I thought you were going to say, like, you're oh, you're have. in class and you forgot to go to class all semester. Yeah, right. And it's the final exam and then Freddie. Krueger. There's so many here. dream like, oh, no, tropes. They did have those.
2: There's so many those, dream yeah. tropes to, to play off of things that people would, would say are, like, common dream elements that, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the remake didn't even try to do that. There was no dream logic stuff in it. Uh, I, I found that really disappointing. Also, the writing was very bad. They were, um...
0: They were obsessed with at that time the uh, uh, micro sleeps where you like fall asleep while you're walking around and stuff. Oh yeah, sure. And that's that's in the movie that did make and that's the only good scene in the movie. Yeah, that's pretty cool Uh, actually. That's that's a cool
2: little element to build in where like somebody kind of dozes off at their desk or something.
0: Yeah, Um, but otherwise that movie is so trash. And I don't (laughs) understand. I I mean, I know I understand from a money standpoint why they decided to do all this stuff, but like you had uh Robert England, the original Freddy Krueger wanted to make more movies. Yeah. Um Freddie versus Jason had just come out a couple years before that, uh before the Texas Chainsaw Massacre big, remake and it was it's like the highest grossing horror movie of the decade or I'm surprised or whatever. they didn't make more. Exactly. And they discussed them for a long time. Uh I think the, it's the because the
3: Friday the thirteenth rights just they fell into Wright's Hill.
0: They're all of those horror series are owned by multiple parties, right. and they're so fucked up. And it's why we haven't had
3: a Friday and the Thirteenth. characters movie. are also owned by different companies. Shit. So, like, if you ever wanted to bring uh, Tommy Jarvis back from Friday the Thirteenth, nobody
0: does. Nobody gives
3: a shit about. That <laughs> <character>. <laughs>
1: But what are some good what are some good <laughs> well, yeah, it, remakes I, I would are like there to, good remakes? I'd like to there are I would hard. like to
2: contrast against uh <laughs> seriously one of my favorite horror movies of all time, which is the two thousand four remake of Dawn of the Dead, which I think is mm-hmm. just a blast the entire time. It has all of the great horror beats, it's funny mm-hmm. like the original is. It does it's it's a different plot in a sense and the the emphasis is no longer on consumerism but it's on the the basic inhumanity of man or whatever but uh, I also
3: enjoy it's more it's more dangerous in a sense right you got the the, fast zombies
4: yeah
0: um it's great but no there are there are good remakes yeah um horror is one of this this it's the weirdest of genres because it's the most remade genre um and the remakes are usually, like, telling of the time that they were created. Like, they they exist in the time that they were made. So, um, they usually have a lot to say. Unfortunately, we <laughs> we just got through a decade of bullshit where nobody had anything to say about anything. It was just about... <laughs> and maybe this is interesting. What about interesting Haunted in a, Facebook
1: the movie? Yeah. Movie, maybe, this, movie.
0: <laughs> maybe this is interesting in a backwards way, but it was all about money grabbing and, like... Um, Trying to grasp on to these previous franchises and and squeeze the last dollar out of them, but yeah, if you yeah, made there's, good movie, there's like a
2: there's a meta horror going on where we end yeah, up with that, all of these yeah, these is. horrible about- movies that are are terrifyingly bad because what they say about the <laughs> fucking economy yeah. that we live in. If you
0: made a good movie, though, it would be. You know, more respected. I, I, well, but I, I remember you can make more money.
1: We went and saw It Follows in a theater mm-hmm. that was almost completely empty. Because that was like one of those movies where people were like, it's an indie horror movie, but it's so good, you know, <laughs> it's going to make tons of money because it's just that good. It's going to drive for a long time. Out. I and was turned
3: it. off by indie horror because of fucking Paranormal Activity, one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. Oh boy, you're going right to piss remake. off some people. Oh,
2: I think <laughs> I think the first Paranormal Activity is pretty good as no. like a ghost no, story. It's, it's bad. Okay. It's, no, it's stupid.
1: Oh, it's an amazing exercise in how, Marketing. how little it takes yeah. to make an effective horror movie. That's true. Where the entire movie, like so the scariest shit that happens is like a grainy video of like mm-hmm. a door closes right. and yeah. stuff like that. And then make it so terrifying. I'm a hundred percent in
2: favor of that. That, that goes back to uh, like Stephen King's whole philosophy about horror that the unseen or the unexplained is much more terrifying than the scene or the explained. Um, that sure. it, like, I, I, I still think that one of his best ever stories is The Shining where the actual scary shit that happens in that story isn't uh, when somebody walks in on like a corpse in a bathtub. It's like you're walking down an empty hallway that's silent and you think that the fire hose is sneaking up on you and you turn around mm-hmm. and it's like, nope, it's still on the wall. But as soon as you turn around, you kind of hear it slithering again. Like everybody has that experience, too. You know, everybody has this, like, sure. this primal sense of horror, which is the the unseen, the thing that I can't wrap my mind around. It's why, like, H.P. Lovecraft was so good at what he, like, spawned an entire genre because he went the, like, fully the opposite to the, the extreme ends of that and described things that you can't possibly describe. Like, if you see them, you go crazy. That's,
0: yeah. That's what's so weird about this genre today. Um, I can't remember the last time that I was scared. Um, And it's because everything's explainable now. Yeah. Um, Like, what's so great about the Universal Horror Monsters is they were fantastical. They were mythological, whatever. Um, They seemed real at the time. And now those are, I mean, (laughs) Frankenstein and Wolfman, those are so fake
2: now, right? Um, uh, but it's not. It's not stopping it's polit- them from politics. trying to make <laughs> like remake the Universal, uh, you know the the whole Universal pantheon of yeah. Wolfman, Dracula. <clears throat> there's a, all, all the people that f- Abbott and Costello got in fights with back in the day.
3: Yeah, <laughs> there's a de- there's a demand for it. People people want that universe. But they want it done well.
0: There's a fan base there that has been there. F- for decades, I mean, um, people that originally got into like horror movies when they were kids in the 60s and 70s, they watched those on TV because they were already old. They were on TV, um, and then in the 90s there was this revival. Like when we were kids, they like they hit VHS for the movie. first. Well, time,
2: I remember reading and they were
0: collectible. Yeah,
2: I there was a there was a book in our elementary school library that I checked out a hundred times, and it was all just like the like the filmmaking. Uh, like, -hmm. behind-the-scenes stuff about the original uh, uh, Universal Horror, you know, so, like, you know, so I know that, like, Lon Chaney played the original Phantom of the Opera, and Lon Chaney Jr. played, you know, his son, like, got that horror genre passed down to him, and he played the original Wolfman, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
0: Um, There's so much, there's, so much interesting stuff about that. And Lon Chaney Jr. is one of the worst actors of all time. <laughs> um, and he he's the only person that got to play, like, Frankenstein, the Mummy, Dracula, and, and the, the Wolf Wolfman. Uh, so he and he to- was drunk on set all the time.
3: <laughs> I guess, yeah, he was a nice guy, but he was hard to work with because he was just a raging
2: alcoholic. He's
0: the only fat mummy in film history.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's great, though. I mean, I love him. So what about, I mean, they have tried to reboot the Universal Horror Monsters through The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and what the hell happened with that?
1: I thought this started with that terrible Frankenstein movie with, like, Aaron Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart, Oh,
0: no, that wasn't, that's not even them. That's not even universal, I don't Oh, really?
1: Think. I thought that was their attempt to start it. No,
0: so it was Dracula Untold.
1: Which was a little bit later. And they and added. Bombed atrociously. It sucked. They, <laughs> it,
0: it's terrible. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, also. <laughs> but they added this uh, scene after the credits that was like, maybe there's going to be more of you. like, um, And it so bad because they made Dracula into this her- heroic character or whatever. Oh, right. Anyway, so then they're like, all right, we got to... He's a
3: hero to the people of Romania.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Universal's like, we got to do this. We got to do something that will counter Marvel... Um, and people are into superheroes. Let's make this like superhero universe with the Marvel superheroes,
2: which makes a ton of sense to me, genuinely. I mean,
3: yeah, th- th-
0: it's they're, not they're necessarily
2: characters, it's a great pantheon to draw from and tell new stories about. They're
3: just they're, they're they learned by people who don't understand what made the original yeah. movies. Did they not learn from I know? Uh, here's the, the thing
1: of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> You're right, absolutely. <laughs> well, You're that so-
2: one, and also uh, fucking um, Van Helsing. Uh, which which well, brought up... Van Helsing, in, oh, I feel God, like, bad. knew what it was. Dude, so but bad. yeah, Van Helsing was fun, though. like Van Helsing wasn't trying right. to be like grimdark or anything like that. It was just an action sure. movie that had uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It had Frankenstein. It had Dracula and the Weird Sisters, and he's just like out there getting thrown around like a CGI ragdoll and like oh, using CG a yeah. gas-powered fucking uh, crossbow or whatever. It was cool. It, it's fun. It's a fun film. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good movie. No, I, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it's at least fun to watch for 90 minutes. I know. I know. It didn't
3: take I've never actually itself seen too it. seriously. Actually, I may have. I just don't remember it.
1: But yeah, so they tried to make the mummy with with Tom Cruise, and they were yeah. like, "Now that we got Tom Cruise, like this franchise is going oh, places."
0: Yeah, so that's what I was gonna
3: say. So they He's you're, terribly, terribly miscast. You're both right.
0: right. They they didn't understand. Um, they don't understand these characters or whatever. Like, why can't if you're gonna make this universe or whatever, why can't you not put two hundred million dollars into a movie? Why can't you just make a Twenty-five million dollar movie, yeah, and then like make back a shitload of money, but make this like low budget, cool horror thing, right? That fans want to go see. I, that's what I don't get about the Hollywood model anymore. Is they're they're all trying it's, to compete with Disney. It's, it's all profit. and what Disney's it's, doing, and it's all this science and these people that don't know the science are fucking it up. Yeah, like, uh, really I actually, bad.
2: you you just reminded me of a movie that I've always really enjoyed, which is uh, Shadow of the Vampire.
0: Yeah, for sure. Which so is good. It's a good movie. Which movie. is
2: a, effectively like a meta narrative remake of the original uh, Nosferatu. Um sure. and, and it tells it has its own uh, comedic but still horrifying horror story that kind of wraps around the making of the original one. Yeah. Uh, which is it, it's a fantastic film because it's it's a brand new mm-hmm. story. It's well written. It's a very tight script. And mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know how it Acting did in the box office, but
3: Willem Dafoe was just—he was amazing. Oh either. yeah,
2: sure. I mean, I mean, the cast was fantastic. John Malkovich playing the the director and everything. Morrow. Um, uh yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, sure For that now, you're right. Okay. It's been a while, but, but it's okay. I couldn't pronounce his name. <laughs> but my—they're real people, you guys. Right, but, but, but my point in <laughs> bringing it up is that there is a way to bring back these characters in a way that's. It's unique. It's storytelling that actually pushes the story along somewhat. Yeah. Uh, and if you do it well, I, I think you're right, uh, Cumby. that, you know, the the Tom Cruise mummy should have been, they should have shot it in black and white on like 35 millimeter or something. Sure.
0: I'd be into then. that. It's so
3: <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, it's because like it's it is the Hollywood model. Of you got to put as much as you can into it to somehow like maximize your profit return. Well, particularly makes if, no sense.
2: Particularly if you're trying to compete against like Marvel because Marvel is all it's superhero like people getting punched through buildings yeah. and stuff. It's always a gigantic spectacle.
1: Yeah,
0: that's what. Unfortunately, I don't think um, of the seven major studios or whatever. Besides Disney, the other six don't get this. Like, right. even with Warner Brothers, like, why don't you have seven different versions of Batman, right. like the comic books or whatever? Absolutely, where they're all doing different things and they're uh, appeasing different audiences because you're not gonna please right. everybody. It's just like it's like um, the radio, you know? Like, I listen to rock, but there are twenty different rock stations, and I like these three. Yeah, like. Give me that Batman, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah i I think you're I think you're absolutely right, and particularly with the universal movie monsters, you could do that. You could tell, even just taking sure. the mummy, you could do a very narrow, claustrophobic, uh, like black and white. If you wanted to do it, um, somebody exploring a tomb absolutely. and encountering a a a a, um, a curse or something. Um, And you could do the big budget, like Tom Cruise, like people jumping out of windows and shit like that. You know, like these characters are (laughs) imminently eternal. uh, They're they're eternal and they're they're eminently adaptable. So why not make like a whole bunch of different versions of them?
0: I I don't get it. So I think what they were trying to do with that movie and did not succeed uh, was they were trying to make a, a superhero franchise out of the monsters which there are previous uh, versions of that that have existed. Um, Marvel and DC have superhero teams based on the universal Marvel sure. – um, Universal superheroes. Even before that, kids had like – kids were really into comic books in the 50s and 60s and they made these like Dracula Superman doll – shits that people collected.
3: <laughs> right, yeah. Or like Frankenstein would just appear randomly, like, in a Spider-Man story or yeah,
0: something. You or, could absolutely make that, but that's also not what the fans
3: <laughs> really want, do
0: you
2: know? Or, like, or, or like know I mean? mentioned earlier, I mean, they made multiple Abbott and Costello films about, you know, like, Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. versus The Wolfman. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, but... I mean, it's not like. Have this, you seen the movie, Matt? This, <laughs> this stuff, this it makes sense. This, <laughs> this stuff is—it's it, not even a lost art because you know we've got Riverdale now, and everybody who's a fan of Riverdale knows that, uh, like, the Punisher showed up in the Archie comics at some point. You know, for sure. Like the the Ninja Turtles have crossed over with the universal or like the Godzilla like the kaiju or something like that you know like you can you can mix and match Definitely. these things it's fine um you, you'll always find an audience for that
3: just the matter is you get it like this is for I like that's for like actual nerds you got to build it for the most basic audience is going to feel smart for getting references like that but at the same yeah. that's why like a lot of hardcore comic book fans hate them.
2: Well, to to get us
3: back because they're assholes.
2: To get us back to my my original prompt, which was like gritty <laughs> sure. reboots of of horror classics. I really enjoyed the fairly recent remake of The Evil Dead uh, because it does a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. It's incredibly claustrophobic. It's a uh, it's cabin in the woods played straight, where everyone mm-hmm. is just locked in one house for like 12 hours or something and of course everybody dies because that's what's supposed to happen in the evil dead movie they just didn't make it comedic or like went out of their way to make sure that it didn't end up intentionally hilarious right um. yeah it's
0: fine um i mean it's a it's a good movie um if you don't any have movie to coddle me me if, if you don't think no, it's no, a good no.
2: movie.
0: <laughs> no, I do. I was going to say I was going to say but um but no, so the uh the original Evil Dead, no other movie is more deserving of a remake. That was like a, a student project basically, right. and it's a good movie. It's a well Is Evil um, Dead 2 project,
1: a remake of it? It's already. There's actually Evil Dead 2 is a half remake yeah, like of the more, original, more or less a remake. <laughs> it's because yeah.
0: they
3: lost the rights to the original one, so they couldn't like <laughs> they couldn't uh, show uh, footage from the first one so they had to reshoot like to establish the story. But
0: it's it's so crazy this is more proof of how the studio doesn't understand hand-to-hand how, how to handle these things because as soon as they made that remake it re uh public interest in the original series and then they went and made Ash versus Evil Dead on yeah, Stars TV which was the whatever. sequel to really the again. original series <laughs> oh, right, and skipped yeah. over. That I mean that's what's so crazy too. and I don't know how they have getting back to what we started on. How they haven't made a sequel to Nightmare
2: on Elm Street, knowing all of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that, that actually, like, Friday pushes it 13, forward and the last one that came and out enjoys in all of the same kind of, uh, like, fan love. Like, a hilarious Freddy Krueger. Jackie Earle Haley, Earl Haley did fine um, as, mm-hmm, as like, great. a serious Freddy, but... It's great reason, for that also the, version. Yeah, that, also <laughs> the reason that people like Nightmare on Elm Street is because Freddy is, uh, he's like a stand-up comic who kills you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I'm exactly. curious then what your opinions are on some upcoming projects. Uh, I have heard that they are making Ooh. a remake both of Candyman, which I think is a, a strongly undervalued heard. horror movie.
3: And it's, they're both great. What's that? Both Candyman movies are great.
2: There's three. Oh There's shit! A third one. <laughs> I only ever saw the I only first know the one. The two. You guys. The you first guys... one in
3: Farewell or the Flesh. What's the third one? Day of the Dead.
1: Or was it like? Okay, I don't
0: All this. right, I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> I can't. Um. I'm I'm, I'm pro Candyman though. I'm pro Candyman. Okay. Well,
2: though. and and to add to that list, then they're also making a remake of Child's Play.
3: Well, this is
4: SME. Oh right my god! <laughs> to,
0: yeah, SME over here. Um, so they're all they're making a remake of that, but uh, again, this is where horror movie rights issues allowed for this to happen. Uh, where they're still making a TV show sequel to the original series which is still going strong. For, so you're going to have... For Chucky,
1: for Child's Play.
0: Yeah, you're going to have competing projects, which is ridiculous.
2: No, that's good. Um, I'm into it. I, I think that's great. <laughs> I, I love that uh, if we can't get them into the actual public domain, at least we've got corporations trying to make different versions of these things.
3: Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I, I think the idea for the remake, um, it's one of those weird things where it benefits by the from the Child's Play name, uh it's only gonna it's only it would only exist because it's a remake of child's play but it's not child's yeah play. so I don't, I, yeah like, I because don't know.
2: because what you're gonna have apparently is uh chucky is not mm-hmm. uh, a possessed doll who's the actor who played him because i love the guy but i brad can't think of his him brad doris brad deriff yeah yeah um worm tongue in Uh, Lord of the Rings and also the best character on Star Trek Voyager. Um, the, the crazy guy who got locked up for like half the trip. Um, so he's not going to be like, he's not going to be a, uh, Robert England style, like comedic horror villain. Apparently he's going to be like a robot.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, makes sense. And that's, that's very cool. Um, it's just weird that, you know, Child's Play's had two mm. movies that went straight to video in the last couple of years. And uh, direct to video horror has been booming. That's what's kept it alive. And it's amazing that those movies are so good, actually. Yeah. Um,
3: there's a lot of great, and great they, they,
0: There's great so great much great room movie, yeah. for them to build on that, but they're going to make a remake at the same time. That's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the robot idea is good. I like murder. Robots. I do.
0: I do think it's good, but that's what I was saying. That like, I like you what could was called Terminator. You could make that as a separate movie, but in <laughs> what
1: if it was a baby? Then you can in.
0: you can make that as a separate movie, but in today's market, nobody would go see it because it doesn't have the
2: the name recognition right.
0: of Child's Play. That's what's kind of sad about are they the call modern it
1: market. Child's Play two Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh God! They probably are going to call it that. <laughs>
3: That's a perfect.
1: That's a perfect title. No, uh, that that raises an
2: interesting question, though, because I I know that, um, yes, if you're doing a big budget horror release, you probably do want name recognition, because, like you pointed out earlier, uh, like nobody went to see, um, that good one that we talked about.
3: It follows.
0: It
2: follows. It follows was fucking fantastic. Um yeah,
0: I, no it did okay for its budget. I think it, yeah. I
2: think attack the block was not really a big uh uh box office draw in the United States even though it's it's a completely serviceable True. like good modern monster movie. Um but you That's also great. have I haven't seen you yet. also have like paid streaming services right now who are making Sutter. their own uh like horror they're making their own horror movies they're making their own horror shows and i wonder what you think about do you think that that's going to redeem that a little bit that uh like netflix amazon prime or streaming or hbo go stars whatever are able to yeah are able it to come up depending. with their their brand new franchise and build an audience around that
3: Probably not, just because the idea has been done so many times. I mean, oh, there's. Man. I think you're so wrong. I think, um, I think
0: Netflix and Amazon and um, Hulu are not prepared for the coming storm of basically not just horror, but all these streaming services are going to start emerging that are genre or right. uh, interest specific. Um, and Shudder is the best example because horror has so many fans. Shudder has already overshadowed all three of those services as far as horror content goes. Yeah, no, is, is Shudder.
2: I'm sorry. Is Shudder. They're producing their own original horror stuff? They are. Starting
0: next year is their first show, uh, Creep Show, which. Stephen King is on board with that. Yeah, which oh, is, shit. I
2: mean, that which goes that, back to the original Creep Show show, which
3: is fucking bring, fantastic. Yeah, that's also yes, bring back uh, Tales from the Creep Absolutely, and stuff like that. yeah,
1: but yeah. I I feel like, in a lot of ways, like Netflix is kind of doing the thing that you guys are talking about, where there are the They're- company that's taking all this stuff and just kind of throwing it out there, right, and mm-hmm. kind of making. Crazy choices. The only Probably a lot of it's going to be trash, they have, but there might be a couple yeah, of hits, like Stranger Things of, or whatever. There's a lot a huge... where they just they
3: throw throwing something on the wall, see what sticks. And I mean, it's, th- there's a lot of luck involved. You're seeing it's things.
0: already happening. Like Shutter has already been a massive success. They broke the internet a couple months ago uh, with Rick. a with a uh, live streaming thing, um, and now you've got DC Universe, which nobody expected oh, to be a success, and it already yeah. is. Like. Like, if I want to watch just superhero shit, that's where I'm going to go. Um, That's happened. Like, this is going to happen across genres. When uh, girls realize there's a romantic comedy, romantic, like, uh, historical drama. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that, unfortunately, for all these these current cable channels and whatever... And we're talking... I mean, this is probably ways off. At least 30 God. years or um, so. No. I Maybe not that long. Like
1: three months. <laughs> well, we don't have 30 so years, have...
0: guys. Uh, none
3: of this shit's going <laughs> to exist. In, what's like, gonna happen, <laughs> basically, what's going to happen is you're going to have just another version of cable companies who are going to buy up all the rights to these well, things. I think you're right. Selling yeah. selling them as packages that you can only be bought through if you have an exclusive account or I guess like a like a cable Yeah, bot, glass. I, I think
2: you're I think you're 100 right, and not to get super political in our uh, horror movie discussion, but I think that everything that we've been talking about tonight does advocate for a much more robust uh, public cultural commons, where these characters that they've made their they've made their profits like ten times over, like they should be passed down to the people. To make their own stories about them, and I think that you would right. get you you'd have an explosion of different versions of like Nightmare on Elm Street, for instance, or uh or Child's Play, or or any of these other ones that we've talked about, or any like zombie True. fiction, you know. Uh, and then you let people kind of gravitate to the ones that are good, and and let it pass around in the in the culture.
0: You know what happens then? The only problem in- and. <laughs> we were just talking about this before the show is that we're already at content overload. Oh yeah. Um, the more and more that you add, like we're already like talking to friends and being like, have you seen
2: this? And they're like, I don't even know what that is. Never heard of that. No, you're, right. you're right. But it, you may end up with uh, maybe the same number of high budget, like horror features, but mm-hmm. you would have a lot more like independent Horror features. You know, the pe- only people problem make... I
0: can see that is this. This is what's actually crazy about the horror genre. Unlike any other genre, that's already been happening. People are making movies on their iPhones and shit, and then they do get bought by these companies like Amazon, Netflix, uh, especially Shutter right now, which puts out two or three new movies a week, a month. Jeez, um, some go to theaters, but like the like true horror fans and this sounds so hipstery i'm sorry but you yeah, know those, that if those horror, horror movie- hipsters <laughs> that everybody knows and hates. Yeah. but like you you it's know just- that if a horror movie goes to theaters it's for the mainstream the the sure. real stuff the the genre fan stuff does not go to the theaters right um it goes straight to video it's too or straight too hot too hot
3: for theaters <laughs> yeah, exactly it is <laughs> I mean, that's the only way it can really be fresh in horror, unfortunately. Is to it's great. Edgy to a certain extent that it's not suitable f- for mainstream audiences.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was saying. I mean, horror, horror is a genre to watch for that, but that's going to start happening to other genres without a doubt.
2: I, I think that's interesting, and it leads to one of my uh, final questions on this topic, which is um, it, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about how. Uh, horror films and horror franchises in particular seem to me to be some of the most uh, easily remakeable sorts of stories to tell because every time you retell the story, you can rewrite it with current sensibilities in mind. And I wonder what yeah, you all think course. about that, that, that uh, like child's play being remade instead of it being a possessed doll. Now it's going to be. Uh, like, an Internet of Things, like, robot. You know, that speaks to current
5: terrors.
3: Right. Yeah, horror has always been really a politically and, like, very uh, society-charged genre. You can always... You can go back and watch any horror movie from any time period and almost pick up on what the climate was like at the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, Um, I I mean, even just uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original, and the remake. You know, the original is is 100% about like consumerism the only reason the zombies come to the mall is because that was what they were kind of programmed to do in life whereas the new one is much more about like it's like gun culture and like weird shifting uh, like gender sensibilities a, and stuff like that
3: it's two movies and put together it's Dawn of the Dead and it's also Day of the Dead because day of the Dead explores a lot of the same themes in the uh, 2004 remake right of Dawn. sure.
2: Sure, but, it, but that feeds into that point, though, that you could yeah, re- yeah. you could remake the movie in a way that kept it relevant and fresh for the current right, audience yeah. and still drew elements of, you know, the fucking zombies. For, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, horror and science fiction, unlike most genres, are uh, holding up a mirror to society of that time. Yeah. Um, That's why they age so fast. That's why horror movies actually need to be remade often. Um, uh, That's my belief. But it's it's trying to tell you what's wrong with society right now. That's why they're so relevant to when they were made.
1: It's true. And it is funny to think about, like, when you go think about those Universal Monsters movies, they were almost like the horror movies of their time. But I don't think people nowadays would have any... They would be like, Oh it's kids, hard to like we're gonna watch Frankenstein it. or whatever, like this is a classic. I, you I, know? I still, get, gather around, I still right. think given the right
3: environment circumstances, Frankenstein is a that's, scary movie. It's so
0: weird because Frankenstein
3: is literally
0: it's gotta be the most remade story of all time. Uh because they just changed they just changed that storyline. Like Jurassic Park is Frankenstein. Jurassic right? Park is absolutely
2: Frankenstein, thank you for saying um, it. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: Right. No, you're right. I mean that's that's the most told story of all time I I, I think. Um yeah uh, the Jesus ones
2: get get told a few more times I think
3: I, and I think weirdly
0: the, still, they follow the wolfman
3: the same, the same uh, basic plot points
0: the wolfman yeah. is about the the beast within the like right. the the problem within yourself Absolutely. The, like so every murderer story is basically mm-hmm. that the the wolfman was a stand-in for murderers back before just like Marvel's the Hulk. Yes. No, <laughs> the,
1: the Hulk Don't is literally
2: sense. the wolf man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I, I do think those stories are forever, but at the same time they've they've we've lost that mysticism. We've lost especially with the internet, everything's explainable. Like back then they thought werewolves were real. Now we know that's probably right. not. Well a and, thing.
2: <laughs> and and Cumbie I'm glad that you brought that up because that's my penultimate question for this group. Do you think that the horror genre overall is suffering from everybody being so dedicated to, like, science and logic and knowing exactly what's going on at all times.
0: Absolutely not. Um, Just what we were talking about with Frankenstein. Frankenstein's the bad guy. Scientists are the bad guy. And that's the story they keep telling over and over again. And that may have actually had a detrimental effect on society.
1: (laughs) okay science is pretty bad but but glass i i think you You heard it here first uh frankenstein caused climate change
2: (laughs) (laughs) glass you and i have talked about this a little bit though that uh like the the power of like rationality on people's brains to understand things on like a mythological level yeah well but i
3: think go go ahead well, it's because like it, it, we do we do lose that mysticism. I think we've become jaded ever since uh, World War II because we saw the true destructive humanity. So and, absolutely, like, suddenly ghosts and werewolves and stuff like that—they don't seem to as scary, right? So it's almost kind of like a cleaning clinging to. A that's lost. why
0: that's why the horror genre is so fascinating. If you go back and watch the horror movies that came out after World War II it's about the bomb dropping. It's about the bomb awakening shit like Godzilla and the creature from the black lagoon yeah. sure. about uh, fucking giant monster, giant bugs well, that we uh, didn't that, know. That like, we fantastic.
2: Dr. Strange love is a horror movie. I mean, really it's, it's hilarious, sure. yeah. but it's a horror movie because it's about yeah. like what happens when the control systems that we think of as being reliable, completely break down. Like, even though it happens comedically it's a horrifying thing that happens, and literally everybody dies at the end.
3: Everybody yeah. does die. Yeah, and it's set over some fantastic music, <laughs> some soft soothing.
1: This is the end of your la- This is the end of your time. Music. We will yeah. meet again. I think it is amazing that Frankenstein. You're right. Frankenstein is probably the most like remade or like retold story of all time, and yet for as many times as it gets retold and re presented, and it's always the same. People fail to comprehend the message of the movie, even though it's so clear that the message of the movie is like, the monster's actually not that bad. Like, you shouldn't overreact to these things that, because they're strange and different, you should try to understand them, and then the world will be a better place. And literally, no one takes that message away from Frankenstein, they just go like, man, wasn't that scary monster all fucked up? Oh my back? god, I've, I've gone off
2: on this like a million times, but that's exactly the problem between Jurassic Park, the movie, and Jurassic Park, the book. Because Jurassic Park, the mm-hmm. movie takes the incredibly simplistic view that like, man should not meddle with nature and like, try mm-hmm. to play God. Which isn't the point of the book at all. The point of the book is much more uh like the point of the book is much more faithful to the original Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which is that man can play god and he might create things that he doesn't know how to control. That might be, in in the the case of Shelley, the monster's better than the doctor. He's like a better person, you know. <laughs> right. And and that's kind of right. what Jurassic Park the book does, which is like okay, we brought dinosaurs back and we can't control them. That's not to say that like man shouldn't play God. It's just Mm. like man is going to try to do that all the time
1: and he might create a thing that's stronger
2: than he is.
1: And we finally got there because we came full circle because now the T-Rex is is better than BD Wong. (laughs) I mean, BD Wong's the villain and the T-Rex is saving everybody's life left (laughs) and right. All
0: right, so, I mean, that's that's the thing is – uh, just like I was saying earlier, the scientist has been the bad guy for so long, and now we're at a time where
3: the bad science we've actually
0: so. <laughs> we've actually ruined the country and the world by believing the scientist was
2: bad for so long. We need to reverse that in fiction. I mean, kinda, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the scientists <laughs> literally are bad. Like B.D Wong's character is exactly the same kind of, like, Fracking scientists or whoever invented this new uh, Facebook device that's supposed to be just like that's true. a camera in your fucking kitchen all the time as if they're trustworthy. That's you true.
0: Know? It's all right. We need it. We need a half, half, <laughs> half, and half. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs>
0: well, I think just uh, be like
2: there is good science. I think to wrap up this this little segment, uh, I thought it might be fun to go around the circle and see if people wanted to do just a, a short recommendation for. Any kind of horror cinema that they think it, like one movie, pick pick a movie or a TV show or something.
1: Oh my god, that's such a hard. Question I just to just answer.
2: pick like one that you want to recommend. Is all I'm saying.
1: Well, here here's I'll just tell, I'm just gonna tell my most memorable horror experience, and this is when I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade, and my family was going out to the movies to go see Hercules in the theaters, <laughs> and I was like, man, the I Disney really. One. The Disney movie, the Disney cartoon in the in the late nineties. Bless my Rocky. soul. Um, no, <laughs> not not the Rocky. not the Kellen Lutz one. No. <laughs> and so I was like, screw this! I don't want to go see Hercules the cartoon. Like I'd rather go see something else. Like let's just see what else is playing in the theater. And what was playing at that time was Event Horizon. Oh
3: my hell and yeah! And I went yes. and saw
1: it, and that movie was so good. And I think that movie holds up. I th- I don't know if it's on. Ne- it used to it be is. on Netflix. I think it's
3: on Netflix. I think
1: it might still be on Netflix. Event Horizon. It's like a sci-fi horror. I almost think it's kind of. It almost seems like it should be like a secret Hellraiser series spin off think, or something like uh, that. Yeah. It's thematically, similar, well, definitely,
2: but. definitely Lovecraftian. That's also, yeah, also yeah, also a Sam Neil joint.
1: Oh hell yeah! Such a good cast, an incredible cast in that movie. So yeah, good, great '90s sci-fi. Not a remake. Prime. For being remade, perhaps. I I love, I love that film. We are
2: twenty years out. <laughs> I love I love that film so much that I'm gonna go next instead of going last, and I'm gonna change my answer. Uh, I want to talk about another Sam Neil joint, which is in the Mouth of Madness, mm. which is so much more Lovecraftian than uh, it's it's explicitly about Lovecraft. Uh, at, about Sam Neill being a, some kind of insurance adjuster who has to go and find this <laughs> yeah, author who has written a book that, like, breaks the world and has made his whole village disappear. And Sam Neill gets there, and it's this Lovecraftian, like, everyone is going slowly crazy and turning into, like, Insmith people. Uh, trying to kill each other, and it is fantastic. It's a John Carpenter film. Uh, heavily undervalued John Carpenter film, I think.
0: John Carpenter's God. I was gonna say... He loves
1: Sega the... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> to,
3: love Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> to build off Matt's point, I was gonna recommend the Apocalypse Trilogy by John Carpenter, ah, which nice. is the movie the, Th- the Thing, Prince of Darkness, and In, in the Mouth of Madness. They all explore themes of the end of the world, the end of humanity, the very least. See, John Carpenter,
1: he missed out on like doing the Carpenter
3: verse, <laughs> linking them all together. Wait, what are the three movies? The Thing, uh, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. That's so crazy that they live is not one. Yeah, of them. that's Especially true. Especially since they live is like they live is kind of like a. It's like the Halloween three of the series. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna go old school. You can school. include
0: that. You can include they live. It fits. I was going to go old school. So, like I was saying earlier, I think think horror movies from the 1950s are the most interesting because that was, until today, the most politically, like, charged America has ever been Hmm. with McCarthyism and uh, the nuclear bombs had just dropped. And um, everybody was just confused about what the future of the country was. The space race was just starting. Um, One of the greatest horror movies of all time is... Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which yes, has been is. remade multiple times, and God, the re- the remakes do not capture what the original one had, um, and it's so potent today because it's about McCarthyism, and we live in this time where we hate our neighbors <laughs> and stuff, Right. and... I don't know if it has the same message back then. It it was about trying to find out who was the Soviet spy or whatever. Right now, we hate our neighbors because they're stupid as shit. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit different. Um, but it's such a it's such a fascinating movie to revisit today because it is about. Uh, McCarthyism and just the fear that existed in the United States at that time. Well,
1: yeah, Andrew. That's why I'm excited for uh, Jordan Peele's uh, Twilight Zone remake that he's yeah. doing because I definitely I think he'll hell play yeah. with some of those old 1950s kind of tropes. Oh my God, yeah. Definitely a remake of uh, The Monsters on Maybury.
3: We are reliving the 1950s.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And so, uh, Andrew, as we close this section out, what do you think a modern politically relevant remake of invasion of the body snatchers one that would would characterize the time that we're living through what do you think that would look like
0: oh man um it's hard to say because those um it ruins the whole premise where people i mean in the in the first four versions of that movie uh people love their neighbor and we don't exist in that world anymore. Um, well I
2: wonder if that's a thing though. I wonder if uh what would happen is that the the pod people would suddenly start wearing MAGA hats that day. Like absolutely. Or, or or they wear like an, <laughs> or they're putting no, a, definitely. or like an Antifa flag out on their I mean, out on their porch. Or you know whoever, that's so, whoever you chose as the bad that's, guy.
0: That's what's so psycho about revisiting that movie is I mean I remember After Trump got elected, the next day, my friends that had and coworkers that had voted for Trump that I had no idea were these people like came out of the woodwork and were like cheering and shit. Like that's it feels like that movie. Like they're already here. (laughs) Next.
1: Here's what here's what that movie actually is gonna be though. It's gonna be like that. There's some like evil social media company or whatever who's like. Hey, you should just like uh, install this app uh, into your <laughs> right. eye uh, or yeah. whatever. Yes, you're right. And yes. then people are gonna be like, "Wait, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely." The app no, it's, is bad. It,
2: it's, that's actually a great idea. It's, it's basically just a Black Mirror episode at that point. I think right. Yeah, it's, a, exactly. it's a
3: third hour and a half long Black Mirror
2: episode. <laughs> All right, but some like somehow is not good. We have recorded so <laughs> much on that topic. Uh, this is this has been a delight, you guys. A very
1: spooky
2: delight. Uh, I think we need to pause for a minute and uh, maybe try to take this out on a high note. That is the tradition.
6: The Screaming Skull is a motion picture that reaches its climax in shocking horror. <laughs> Its impact is so terrifying that it may have an unforeseen effect. It may kill you. Therefore, its producers feel they must assure free burial services to anyone who dies of fright while seeing the Screaming Skull. Be sure to bring someone with you who can identify you when you see the Screaming Skull. Only this lost soul half man half ghost knows the secret of the living dead's curse the torturous agony that saturates these walls and makes the shutters creak with almost human pain terrorizing those who dare to love with the maddening jealous shriek of the screaming skull What diabolic demon dares touch the screaming skull? What ghoulish thoughts control this poor man's demented mind? What does he know? What secret, horrifying and blood-curdling is he hiding? Nothing is more terrifying than the spine-chilling breath of a vampire woman, ghostly, ghastly, as unreal as a will-o'-the-wisp, as real as the skull.
0: Even with all that shit, people never even considered the power of the internet. Like the whole 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, people still had to, like, when you go watch Seinfeld, they have to call each other and they yeah. have to be home in order to contact them. Yeah. Now you have oh, this 70. phone, this contact device in your pocket at all times. You've got uh, Tinder, Bumble. There's a bunch of other ones that are ripoffs of those. Sure. OK um,
2: Cupid is still around. Yeah, the, wor- Farmers the world only is literally com. open to you.
0: So Farmers when you. Only. When, this, is, this is a, a crazy, like, uh, blown up version of the Seinfeld effect. Like, when you're dating a girl and she eats her peas one at a time, you're like, all right, I'm out. There's a thousand <laughs> other girls on my tender. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So everybody everybody gives up easily. That's why millennials yeah. want to date longer. Uh, to figure it out. Well, yeah, sure. And And
2: there there there's so many more people, uh, like you were saying earlier, that everybody, uh, back in the day, our grandparents, our parents even, might have dated and married somebody who grew up on their block or went to their high school with them in their small towns or whatever. And now, the entire world is open. So, like, why not just Mm kind of look around for the person who uh, not only shares your values, but also doesn't have uh it, you can customize it you know it, it, yeah. th- the the you know, the woman who somebody
3: you actually get along with as opposed to like being like there's a lot there's a few of our friends that married really young like they followed tv rules i suppose right. and yeah. they're just absolutely miserable
2: yeah 100% i mean That's as true. we were as we were growing up uh, the the four of us are roughly the same age and as we were growing up all of our television all of our cinema was very much still in that same uh like fairy tale kind of Disney 1950s mode of you meet the person that you immediately fall in love with there's no sex um that doesn't have anything to do with it like you you just yeah. fall in love with them and then you get married and now you're married forever and yeah right. some some people that we went to high school with or went to college with like absolutely did that same thing
1: and they're just well and it it's just funny because they it's kind of looked down upon as like oh you know m- millennials or like the young people today like they just don't they're just looking for hookups they're not looking for actual real relationships and stuff like that when really what they're doing is they're saying like well I want to be in a relationship with somebody that, that I like actually want to be in a relationship with <laughs> right unlike a couple generations ago where it was like
5: this well, this guy's here, be, yeah. and you know,
1: uh, I guess what other choice do I have? Love his work, you know. You he, gotta try hard every he day. abuses me sometimes, but you know, well, and, Like, what else am I gonna do? You know, and that, somehow that's better. And not even this, yeah. this
2: Not situation. even to mention that uh, people in those generations didn't have the uh, cultural freedom to match up with the people that they actually care about, like gay people, absolutely, lesbians, like Definitely. you know, like they had to get married anyway because otherwise you were like an old maid or you were the like dedicated bachelor who was kind of avoided right. on the street or whatever. Or right now it's you like weren't,
1: like allowed legally to get a job yeah. where you could even support yourself yeah. if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. The only downside is, uh, um, <laughs> uh, women can't really have babies in, like well into their forties. Like, Oh, uh, well, you can't if you all. just got
1: that nanny money. It can yet. happen.
0: It can't happen. It, uh, hold on. It can happen. No, you're
2: right. You're right. Let I, me back I, I, I think that is. Uh, I I know what you're saying, and it is that the there is a there is a biological imperative that the openness of the current like dating hookup or relationship and marriage environment uh, doesn't necessarily take into account.
0: Yes. Um. And is that bad? Um, we already have... How many countries are already like worried about not replacing the people that right. are alive right yeah, now? Yeah, sure.
2: I mean, we're one of them.
1: Yeah, right. Right, which is, again, which is why... It's
0: just a hard thing to consider.
1: Yeah. That no, it, uh, it's not. It's not hard at all because you just look and you just say, well, look, as a country gets more and more affluent, they don't have as high of a birth rate. Because sure. if you look in this country a couple hundred years ago... Or not even that much. People were like, "Oh, you gotta have like twelve kids because half of them probably gonna die." Yeah, absolutely. And you need people to work the fields. Absolutely right. My,
2: uh, my, my. I think my great grandmother had like eight kids, and only two of them lived, Uh, like past the age of three or something. You know. My grandma had thirteen, and nine lived. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's crazy, right? And so, but then as you, and, and then those kids, you know. They have enough money that they say, like, okay, well, like, maybe we'll have, you know, three or four, maybe even five or six kids or whatever, but they're not having ten or nine or twelve.
0: Yeah. And then their next generation says, like, oh,
1: you know, let's just have, like, one or two kids is good, right? And then, because when you have, when you talk to your grandma, everybody talk to your grandma and ask her what it was like to have nine kids, (laughs) And they will tell you some tales. <laughs> I mean, I got to
0: ask this. I got to ask this. Uh, Halle Berry in her 50s
1: <laughs> she just hasn't... had
0: a kid, right? Uh-huh, okay. In her 50s. That's roughly like 10 years past um, when like menopause starts or whatever for most women.
2: Uh, not, How? not 10, but okay. Yes. Your point's eight, taken. Fine. Eight I don't. I, mean, I think it's, most it's women go like, into menopause at forty-two. I think it's like a fifties or sixties thing.
1: Well, and I think it's later and later as people like Halle yeah. Berry is probably a, in fantastic a, yo, shape. She's keeping a, herself young. She's uh, not like oh, you, like, would never, it, you would never, you would never guess that she's fire, as
2: right. old as she is.
1: Oh hell no! And really? so she's yeah. probably oh, yeah. Well, yeah. fully able to do that. But also she's rich enough where it's like oh hey, take this fertility drug or whatever. Like oh, but it costs ten thousand dollars. She's like I don't give a shit. I'll yeah. take the 30 of them. Give me a case. Right. You know, she she has, you know, the ability to do that. We're like, yeah, you're right. A normal 50-year-old woman who's like, I worked in like a freaking Doritos sure. factory or whatever, yeah. and I don't have that much money and my health is poor. Maybe it's going to be hard. What I was trying to get We're to, to in is in Doritos Berry.
2: factory. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough life out here.
0: How- Halle Berry's in her fifties, having kids. LeBron James grew his hair back. So did Jeremy Piven. Where are all these black market drugs, and why don't we have access to them? You
1: yet? could, you could get crazy ass hair loss drugs or whatever. I mean, they have. them. Uh, we don't. Know?
2: We don't have them because we're not rich, Cumby.
1: Right. Well, also, I know, like, why, why not?
4: Where's where's the, you like get a shit market?
2: that much? Like, When's it going to drop in price? Uh, when we put all of the billionaires' heads on pikes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nationalize the uh, yeah i think yeah, actually so in the, the current republican party like nationalize hair loss expensive hair loss drugs probably could go a far way uh, <laughs> you know in the current in the current political vote, vote. climate you know actually that's, didn't trump that's put, an issue that's across party lines trump put that hair curl
0: business out of right.
1: out of business right? well actually they also say the that bottom? like part of why uh, Trump is, like, so ridiculous is because of all the crazy experimental, like, hair loss, weight loss, drugs and oh, stuff yeah. that, he, that he would do and that essentially, like, he takes speed pills or whatever because, like, Milton that's what you brain. did in the 80s to stay to stay thin right. or whatever. And he took all the kinds of crazy hair treatments that, oh, like, caused man. impotence and stuff like that, which made him so pissed off, you know. Uh, there's, knowing there's about his exercise
0: regimen, I don't think he ever worked out or did anything healthy ever in his entire life.
1: He does like he does a really great exercise several, treatment though. where it's just like constant amplified rage. Like <laughs> you would be amazed at like how many calories you know that will. Burn. Oh, it gets it's your just, heart like, rate up for sure Trump all the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> he's got. That's why he's so strong. You know, he's he's just he's he's building up that upper body strength through the gesticulating in the in the range Man, what's
2: really sad is that. Uh, I I kind of avoid any video footage of him at this point, but my Twitter timeline is constantly bringing me Ben Garrison cartoons of him. Mm. So now my mental image of him is like this super strong like bespoke suit like <laughs> Superman guy oh, with man. like did perfect you guys hair. see
1: what he had? When he had the toilet oh, the paper toilet on his shoe. Oh
2: yes. I thought it's
1: like it's oh. like our president is Leslie Nielsen. It's <laughs> that's it is an so insult to Leslie <laughs> Nielsen. That is like a thing that I have maybe seen like once or twice in real life. It's crazy because it's real. Yeah. It's like again, like an S- if an SNL skit did that, you'd be like, This is the stupidest SNL skit of all. I can't like, believe that's how that you would, would portray our happen. president. <laughs> yeah. That would never happen. <laughs> How demeaning. Yeah, but where's then the uh, civility? at the same
0: time, <laughs> what was the reaction on the other side? Because they had to have
2: been like, we're all
0: doing, everybody does that.
2: Hillary now. put that everybody toilet paper that. there. She did it. It yeah. was it was a, it was a, a bunch, liberal play. A, bunch of, a yeah. bunch of MAGA hat guys. And like, I, you know, uh, I, I love my 12 grandchildren, uh, like MAGA, like 50 <laughs> year old women are, are like, here's my, here's my picture of me like walking around with toilet paper stuck to my foot.
1: Yeah, I. The, the argument was like, that wasn't toilet paper, that was just like a uh, used condom no, that was a piece of to to the back of his car.
2: Boom, Rose's That was his giant hog <laughs> That's condom. my president. Trilling, yeah, exactly. trailing behind him like two feet.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the left is just going to be like, this is the piece of the Constitution. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my How gosh. did he get from the air
0: terminal to the plane? And it was there the whole it's time, likes it and it no one stopped limo.
3: it. He has a toilet. Limo. We we're afraid to stop him? <laughs> was there a toilet on the
0: runway? Was he coming? Was it like faked? <laughs> like he was in the Air Force One toilet, and he came out, and then he was going
2: back. No, in? he got straight out of his fucking limo with that, which means he was
1: in the, in the limo. To- with he was it. in the limo. Yeah, I mean, well, in the presidential, you know, motorcade car or whatever, right? So like, either it was something in the limo. There's just toilet paper in, his in the limo. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't toilet paper. Maybe it was like a receipt from McDonald's. Holy you shit. know, there's a lot of things that could be. What if on he the has ground.
0: an emergency toilet in the
1: limo? He probably does. I wouldn't put it past him. It's probably not like an emergency toilet. He just makes like a Jared Kushner what could hold this like be? a chamber pot or whatever. Just off to the side. He's just like a gilded chamber pot that he has Jared carry around.
2: Like all of the people around him don't really respect him or care. So they just didn't say anything. They saw him get into the limo with it stuck to his shoe and they didn't say anything. Uh, Possibly out of uh, not respecting him. Possibly out of knowing that they would get fired if they did say something.
3: Yeah, they're afraid of him.
2: Right. I wish he would put out a press release
0: <laughs> stating what it was, so that we knew that that's exactly the opposite of what it actually was. If <laughs>
1: only we had like a press briefing since this event. I mean, they only hold. Like I was It
0: wasn't toilet paper. It was an important report from Japan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to pay a press, like a press person, to get in there. Just keep asking every single day.
1: Oh, I mean, that's, like, a thing that I remember I used to watch, like, when George Bush would be, like, getting on a plane, and they would show it or whatever, and I'd be like, George Bush is so dumb, you know he's gonna, like, trip and fall down the oh, stairs God. or something like... That. That's true. And then he, he never did. He never did. It, you know, it he was He walked into that door that funny.
2: one time, remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, the locked doors, I yeah. yeah. Well, that was, like, that Stormtrooper
2: really really in the first Star Wars movie, just, like, the door didn't open all the way, <laughs> and he on. just, like, bopped <laughs> yeah. his head yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Is the George Bush of
0: Stormtroopers. <laughs> I can't even make fun of W. Bush anymore. I know people are... I can. <laughs> I hear every once in a while people are like, no, you gotta still make fun of him also. <laughs> However... You don't have to fucking make fun of him, but
2: you do have to remember that he is a war, a criminal, war criminal and should be in the fucking Hague. Yeah. There's a, a fucking, few other presidents that should, should be... There are a million bullies.
1: presidents just should be in the Hague,
2: but <laughs> certainly George W. <laughs> Bush just... is like way up that list.
1: They should just move you after your I do turn. Agree. They should just say like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. thanks for thanks for your service or whatever." Like, click, click, like, come with me, yep. sir. Got to get on. <laughs> <You a>, got <laughs> to
2: get on a plane to Holland. Go.
1: Yeah, you got to start doing that, or else you're gonna keep getting bad presidents. You know, if you don't. Start Mission accomplished.
0: <laughs> that but was uh, my favorite.
1: How about that? Uh, speaking of horror movies, how about that Christian Bale Dick Cheney movie? Did you guys see? That oh, movie? I didn't watch
3: the preview yet.
1: It looks. I cannot believe this movie is getting made. It's what is Why? what is going on? Why not? Do they
3: portray Dick Cheney as the uh, fucking troll that he is? The, I mean, he's it looks mad, quite like the realistic. monster in a
2: human suit. It, so it I I
1: looks mean, like yes, it is a
2: it's a villain story. Yeah,
1: he is a- acting very Dick Cheney esque, which is to mean as, super villainy as here's possible. Here's my right.
3: favorite thing about Dick Cheney: is this is fucking power that like very few people ever have. When somebody shoots you, and the person that shot you apologizes to you for shooting you, that's or getting shot it. by you. Yeah, that's like, how dare you? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I put my bullets, and you're like, yeah.
2: They
1: will, they will, that's, cover, that's so they will cover, they will cover the shootings.
3: They will be covered. I'm sorry, I shot my friend, or my friend shot me. Oh well, yeah, he was I just, think, he think- was just
2: channeling like Iraqi civilians who Dick Cheney also expects to apologize to him for dying on his on his watch.
1: Oh, God, him and Donald Rumsfeld. Do you think they were hoping that Dick Cheney would be dead and would, like, get press for their movie? And then they were like, we just, we can't wait anymore. He like, doesn't he just die. He's not like, dying. He changes form. You know, he literally
2: doesn't have a heartbeat. He has a... No,
1: it just wars. Yeah,
2: he has a machine in his heart that just pumps the blood around at an even rate, so... He he literally doesn't have a heartbeat at this point. He's a lich is what I'm saying. He's more
1: he's more machine than that. now.
0: <laughs> and as evil and awful as he was, I would prefer him to be president right oh now. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no. even
1: Dick Cheney. You know, Dick Cheney was coming out with quotes being like, "Well, I think Trump's a little over the top." Like, uh, Dick you Cheney know, would be. I may be a horrific war criminal, but like this guy. Woo. Look, Dick,
2: <laughs> Dude. Dick Cheney is also uh, uh, a player in the that deep state that I was talking about earlier. He would be doing exactly all of the same things right now, except he wouldn't be on Twitter. That's not better. That's sure. not a better political situation for us. At least our giant, soggy president, like, puts his words out there and makes his opposition mad. Uh,
0: as awful as the W. Bush years were, at least they were, weren't, like, just absolutely embarrassing and just, like, flat out... Um,
1: it's a Everything sucks and of... fuck
0: you. Like, like well, it literally, gave,
1: it gave the impression that e- they were they were doing, they had they had discussions about things and like what to do, and yeah. they made really bad decisions. But they did try to plan stuff. Whereas with Trump, it's like they don't even pretend that they're trying to plan anything.
0: There was still this guise, as as awful as they were. There was still this guise of the best of the best and we literally elected the worst of the worst and now it's it's ruined like the bubble's been popped there's i don't know how we come back yeah to this. i mean does
2: it, it what does that say about horror cinema in, in this day and age like are monsters going to actually frighten people when the people who hold the highest offices in the land are... the monsters are on the
1: side like man these guys are fun. these guys <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah they should do like a yeah like a flip the script or whatever where yeah like the universal monsters come into modern day and they'll go like oh shit we gotta get out of here fuck the wolfman's like, like fuck you... me i'm going to sweden <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, th- I thought the wolfman was scary but holy crap you guys like what is going on over here
2: i think that's the best we're gonna get y'all uh, I I want to thank all of you for uh, scheduling this on a Monday night. Um, we're gonna go in sort of reverse order. Um, to say Nick Glessman, you have opinions about horror movies. Where can people find you online?
3: Uh, squirrel fodder on Twitter. You were at, but I yes. Oh uh, yeah, at squirrel fodder. But I only tweet about my depression.
2: You always say <laughs> you always say that, but your tweets are actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, tweet about all of your favorite spooky Halloween
3: treats (laughs) to all, like, ten of my followers.
1: (laughs) And,
2: Andrew Cumbie, we're so glad that you finally joined us on the show. Uh, I feel like we should have done it before now, because this has been fun. I know, yeah,
0: I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally. Is there anywhere that people can find you online right now?
0: Uh, no <laughs> there's, there's not right now um, Find him in real life <laughs> Yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> Tell him what you think Come,
0: come yell just at his share office
1: Share your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> Yes, just stalk him
0: If you're in the Exarbon area, I'm there sometimes <laughs> Yeah,
2: just hit
1: <laughs> hit bars Hit bars, and if you just hit bars enough You'll,
2: you'll <laughs> Probably. Uh But no social media right now Alright, well, it, it's been a treat uh, Let us know uh the next time you come on the show we'll we'll make sure that you get your shout. Uh I'm sure. Matthew Hodges. I am on Twitter at Matthew Uh currently tweeting a lot about horror movies because it's October. It's Spooktober. And that's our that's our theme. And my excellent co-host, of course, Brendan Williams.
1: Yeah, I am at Brendan Williams with one L on Twitter. I will be tweeting about the horror movies for children that I watch with my children <laughs> that aren't actually probably like anything that can remotely be described as horror. Um, but it's a really exciting genre. I'm really excited to dig into it. Can it can be some really good storytelling,
2: actually. We should talk about that on a, on a future Spooktober episode.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. I would love to. I would love to dig into
2: it. Hell yeah. You can follow the show at Liquid underscore Flannel on Twitter. Like us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Um, next week, we have max barber coming on with an original horror story for you so stay tuned for that um andrew nick brendan thank you so much it's been fun thank you that was awesome thank you sir we'll see you next week